0: It's so great to have you guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Christmas Eve to be a part of our Christmas Eve services. It's such a privilege to have you here tonight. Before I dive into our special Christmas Eve service message tonight, I want to give you a couple of quick announcements. The first one is, Christmas came a little early at the Lewis household this week. My daughter, Allie, many of you have been praying for her. And her husband, Zach, <laughs> this is little Ivy Page Oldsy, as she was born on Thursday morning. And as you can see, Leslie and I can't get these grins off our faces, so we are so excited. Wanted to share with you guys. Many of you have been praying with us for them, and so it's just so awesome. Uh, some of you guys have already crossed over that threshold, and you're welcomed us into the Grandparent Club, and it's so much fun. So we're excited. You can, we can spoil them and send them home. That's going to be awesome. So uh, we're so pumped, and uh, thank you again for your prayers. Um, Real quick, too, uh, I know at the end of the year, many of you ask about this or wondering about this, like wanting to wrap up into year giving, uh, wanting to be able to fulfill whatever commitments you made to God this year. Uh, Real quick, on your way out this room, there are Connect and Give blue boxes on the walls, um, whichever way you go out. This evening, you you can drop it in there And that's a lockbox that we'll be uh, collecting stuff out of tonight The other place is, if you don't have it tonight And you want to bring it by sometime physically by the church um, Our west entrance into the parking lot is where our mailbox is And there is a lockbox with a mail slot in it uh, Right over here on the west, kind of right there by Wells Fargo If you want to drop it in there The other place is just our website, uh, BrazosFellowship.com If you want to give that way So we just encourage you uh, and just thank you for fulfilling whatever that commitment was you made to God this year for those of you who are interested in that information. So without further ado, I want to dive into our message tonight. We're so excited you guys are here, and I know Christmas for many of us, me included, is just one of the greatest times of the year we just love christmas we enjoy the whole like the the decorating the whole experience of it you love the the celebration of the birth of our lord jesus christ that that is really important to you um giving gifts thinking about how you could be a blessing to somebody finding the right gift that's that's a really fun process to go through But I also realize in a crowd this size tonight that maybe some of you are here and um, feel a little out of place. You're not sure what to expect of a service like this and what you got yourself into. And you're here tonight as a favor, maybe to a friend or a family member, and we're so glad you are here. But if what I just described is even a little bit true for you, you have an enormous amount in common with the shepherds these people that God chose at the, the birth of his son to be the first people to announce to um, that Jesus had come, that the Messiah, the Christ child has come, and for them to proclaim to the world the good news that Jesus had arrived on earth. This is really an extraordinary piece of history right here that God would have chosen the shepherds because the shepherds, If just in case you don't know this, it, it makes it even more fascinating when you understand sort of the historical context that these guys were not exactly the straight lace religious, church-going type people at all. I mean, they were like the last people you would think that God would include in something like this. This is why it is really fascinating when we, when we turn and look at the words of the gospel writer Luke, who, by the way, happened to be a physician and was very detail-oriented in how he um, transcribed the historical account of the gospel. And I want to just read to you from Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. And I want you to see just how extraordinary this moment is. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it after. It says, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you, let's read these highlighted words together, I'll bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. I love that on each statement here that the angel was very clear to give this qualifier, this kind of description word, that it wasn't just any kind of news. It was good news. And it wasn't just any kind of joy. It was like the greatest joy you can imagine that comes with this news. And it wasn't just for some of the people. It was for all the people, all ethnos, all people groups, all people in the world. This is for everybody. And then... He goes on to say, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. This is how you'll know that God has come to earth in the form of a baby. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly in strips of cloth. Now, I, I love that little description especially after holding little baby this week anyway, but and baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, in a feeding trough of all things. That's just not even close to what anybody would have thought. But all of this means something. This is not just arbitrary things, that God is showing us something deeply profound through all of this. And he goes on to say, suddenly, or the description goes on to say, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in highest heaven, and pray a peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased." Now, this is beautiful. It is, and it's so fascinating. Again, that God would have chose shepherds. Because when we understand sort of this historical context of the shepherds, back in that day, shepherds had a reputation for being untrustworthy. It was such a bad reputation that their testimony was unpermitted in a Roman court of law. They couldn't testify in court at all because they were seen as not, you know, qualified to be able to give what is truth. So this is incredible that God would have picked these guys, but God on purpose was trying to help us to understand that he was doing this on purpose, that all of this meant something. And people down through time have asked the question, why them? Why the shepherds? And the greatest answer to that question is, the shepherds represent all those who need a second chance at life. All those who need a savior. All those who have bumped up against the wall of this life and said, I can't save myself, I can't fix myself, I can't fix this life, I can't fix what is ultimately deep down in my soul wrong or broken. And it's beautiful that God uses these shepherds, people that would have never even tried to argue the fact that, oh yes, we're good enough. They're not people that thought that they were self-righteous. They, didn't think, they weren't the kind of people that thought that uh, we've earned a place with God. We're righteous enough that we deserve his love. Not at all. They were the kind of people that were thinking everybody else would cut in the line in front of us and we would be the last in line. But you know one thing that Jesus teaches us about his kingdom, him being the king of the kingdom, is that those who are first will be last. And those who are last will be first. He will turn the kingdom of this world upside down. And this is the only way you get to come into his kingdom. They were seen as ceremonially unclean, the shepherds by the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders that ran the synagogue in Jerusalem. Therefore, they said, you are not welcome in church. They would stand at the front doors and say, no, you can't come in. You cannot be a part of worshiping here. This is so crazy, so fascinating that they were unwelcome into church, but God chooses these guys to be a part of the first to know about Jesus and to announce about Jesus. Now, this uh, idea of God inviting the uninvitable to himself continued all throughout Jesus' ministry. Over and over, he opened his arms up to people that got rejected. They were outcasts by the rest of society. As a matter of fact, there's this place over in Luke chapter 5 where... Jesus, later in his ministry, he's having lunch with some tax collectors and sinners that that were considered to be the worst of the worst. They were the bottom rung on the sociological ladder of their day. They were the people that nobody wanted to hang out with. They were the thugs. They were the criminals. They were the outcasts of their day. And Jesus is here making time for them. And the Pharisees came up, these religious leaders, and said, Jesus, why? Why would you do this? Why would you make time for tax collectors and sinners? These outcasts, the people that struggle with self-loathing, they would, feel, they would feel horrible about themselves. They were the people who had low self-esteem, that struggled with depression, that would probably felt horrible, constantly tried to justify themselves in their own mind that, it, that it's worth just living another day because they were on the outs with God and everybody else. But yet Jesus made time for them, people who fit nicely into the category Of the shepherds. And here was Jesus' response to their question, Why would you eat with such people? Verse 31 of Luke 5. Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And who's the doctor in this scenario? It's Jesus, right? He's the great physician. He's the one, the only one, and he knew it, that could actually cure what ails the human soul on the deepest level. Not some kind of superficial, you know, positive thinking. It it was something deep down at the the core of who we are as human beings. He knew he could could heal that. He could speak to that. He says, I have come not to call the righteous or those who think they're good enough, they're already self-righteous within their own mind, but sinners to repentance. This is so important to understand that going back to our story of the angel coming to the the shepherds, when that angel came to announce to those shepherds, he didn't use this exact language, but they were coming to announce a new covenant with God, a new agreement, a new testament. That is what old and new testament means, is old and new covenant. And this is exactly what the angel was doing. He was coming to announce a new covenant, that this old covenant was passing away. This old covenant that needed reoccurring sacrifices at the the temple over and over to cover the sins of the Israelite people. And this is a really ironic part of the story is because what was used in the temple to cover the sins of the old covenant was the lambs. And guess who was raising the lambs? the shepherds and guess who wasn't even invited into the very temple where their lambs were being used as part of the sacrifice of worship the temple the 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 shepherds were not even allowed to go there and this is the the irony this is kind of like the comedy of god of saying i'm going to turn the whole system on its head and i'm going to show you that everybody gets invited And I'm going to show you there is this new covenant, this new beautiful approach to knowing me that is only through my son Jesus Christ. And it is open literally to everybody and it is available from here forward through my son Jesus Christ. It's something that, that you see all woven throughout the writings of the apostle Paul who finishes writing most of the New Testament with his epistles, his, his letters to all the churches that he helped start. One of them was the church in Rome, Romans chapter six, verse 23 and this is such a beautiful way to culminate. Oh, first let me say this. The, the new covenant, pardon me, let's go back. I, I forgot. that This new covenant meant new life is offered to all people as a free gift. And here's Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. In other words, the ultimate outcome, the ultimate outworking of sin in our life is death. It's going to destroy everything good that God's trying to do in our life. But but aren't you so glad there was a but in the middle of that sentence oh thank you lord but the gift the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord that God brings a free gift we give lots of gifts this time of year right and we don't charge for those gifts Even if you gave a thousand dollar gift and you charged somebody one dollar, that would really no longer be a gift. It'd be a really good deal, but it wouldn't be a gift. A gift is free, right? All you have to do is unwrap it. All you have to do is is lay hold of it, to, 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 to take hold of it. And that is what God has offered us, eternal life through Jesus Christ. And this gift, this gift is a gift of grace. And grace, as we see woven throughout the New Testament, is simply the undeserved favor of God, the undeserved forgiveness, the undeserved blessing of God's presence, of his power, of his love, his joy, his peace that we can tap into, that we can be a part of, and that can be a part of us at any time in our life. And I bet you're going through something right now where the grace of God could make a huge difference in your life. You see, even if you're a Christian today, you're a follower of Jesus, you have placed faith and your belief in Him and you're a follower of Him, we're usually pretty good Christians at embracing grace as a part of salvation. Yes, I have to have God's grace to become forgiven of sin and be a, a Christian, but we forget how important grace is every single day of our life. Yes, you need grace to get saved, but you also need grace to go to Walmart or H-E-B, especially this time of year. You need grace to get through a holiday with your family, right? You love them, but sometimes you wanna choke them. You need God's grace to deal with life every single day. I do too, we have to have it. And it's so beautiful that this is part of the purpose of Christmas, is for us to say that this isn't just for salvation. This is for everything. This is for everyone. And I love how Paul goes on to explain it further, this gift of grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, this letter to the church at Ephesus, Paul writes this. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Right? This not from yourselves, you did not generate or create this salvation in your own, it is a gift. It is the gift, let's say it together, it is the gift gift of God, right, there it is again. The gift not by works so that no one can boast. Nobody can brag about this. No one can be self-righteous about salvation because it is received by grace is another way of saying what Paul said. Nobody can be self-righteous about this. So, so we don't go around comparing ourselves and say, well, I'm definitely better than them, looking down our nose at other people. If anything, if, this, if the Christmas story tells us anything, the outworking of Jesus' ministry throughout his life tells us anything, is it the grace of God that this good news of great joy for all the people was just that, it was for everybody, and it was beautiful, and is beautiful, that can be accessed by, and experienced by anybody who's willing to say, God, I'm, 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 I'm willing, I'm open, I would love to have your grace, I would love to have your forgiveness, right here, Christmas Eve, 2022, I need it, we cannot earn it, therefore, we should not withhold it, for those of you who are already Christians, You're already followers of Jesus. We didn't earn this thing, so we don't get to hold on to it and put it like in a safety deposit box and never share it with anyone. This is why you see almost immediately in Luke 2, 17 and 18, once the shepherds heard the message from the, the, the angels, they went directly to find Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And once they saw and once they witnessed when they went right out into the streets of Bethlehem and began to proclaim everything that the, that the, that the um, angels had told them. They began to proclaim it throughout the streets and were told that the people of Bethlehem were amazed at what the shepherds said and they were also amazed at the fact that it was the shepherds that were saying it. These guys, Really? That was telling them something profound about God, His love, His heart, His message. That is for all people. And God has always used ordinary people to do the extraordinary. People that feel like maybe at the time they're stuck in the ordinary. Am I ever going to be, my life ever going to shine and really make a difference? God uses people that make themselves available. He's not looking for ability, he's looking for availability. That's what he's looking for in all of us. And he's looking for us this Christmas too, that would you be willing to say, God, use me, use me. One of the greatest stories of this being illustrated outside of the Bible itself, was a man who was born back in the early third century. His parents were extremely ill when he was young and died when he was still young. But not before they shared their love for Jesus and for his, their love for him and for, his, and his love for them, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And as he got older, he moved to the Roman city of Myra, modern day Turkey. <clears throat> and served as a missionary in that region of the world, serving people and helping them and sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So much so, he lived such a Christ-like life that when the, when the town needed a pastor, they immediately elected him. And he served as pastor for many years and even later served a prison sentence for his faith in Jesus Christ. Once he was out of prison, one of the most famous things about his life was that he used to dress up and he would give gifts to poor children who were in need. His life became a symbol of not what he had, but what he had given. His name, St. Nicholas, Santa Claus. Beautiful. He took simply this message of Jesus Christ, this love that he had for the Lord. And he followed Jesus and followed his example and did such a beautiful job. He's now a symbol of that beautiful gift-giving that God is the one who initiated all those years ago at the first Christmas. Beautiful. And Jesus is a Savior. And we see this over and over, not for the self-righteous, but for all those humble enough to see their need for a Savior. Those who are willing to say, yes, God, like the tax collector and the sinner, like the shepherds, I need you. I need you. I need you to make it through the day. I need you to make it through Christmas. I need you to make it through 2023. I need you. And he has come to meet that need in your life and in my life. Where do you need his grace tonight? Where is God nudging at your heart to say, would you trust me with that? Would you trust me with that relationship that feels like it's totally outside of your, you can't control it? Would you trust me with that financial stress that you're going through right now? Would you trust me with your the dynamic between you and your parents? Would you trust me with the dynamic with you and your kids, even your adult kids? Would you trust me with parts of your family that you you don't really get along with that well? Will you trust me? Will you trust me with 2023? Will you trust me with your your career? Will you trust me? Will you just say, God, I'm going to lean into your grace tonight. I'm asking you to lead me. I'm asking for you to guide me. I need your help. And here's the prayer I'm asking you to pray with me. And we're gonna pray this together. And after this prayer, we're gonna go into a special time of doing communion together here on Christmas Eve. So I hope that you'll just stay seated. And the band's gonna come out after that and lead us in one last song. It's gonna be beautiful. So here's the prayer I'm asking you to pray with me. Is simply saying, Jesus, like the shepherds, I've been on the outside of faith or away from you or away from church, but I'm taking a step towards you tonight. I'm saying yes to your gift of grace. You know who you are. I don't have to. I don't have to coerce you. I don't have to like sell this to you because your heart tells you if you're the one in need of this grace. You, if you were open, if you were willing, he's offering it to you right now. And I don't ask you if you would in this next couple of minutes as we pray together. I want to ask you to just surrender. Whatever it is that's weighing heavy on your heart and mind tonight, would you just give it to God? And for those of you who are not Christians, you're not walking in a life-giving, faith-filled relationship with God right now. This is why Jesus came, so that you could. And if you would like to take that step with him, he's available right here. In this prayer, I want to invite you to take that step into that relationship with him right now. If you would, let's bow together in prayer and take these next couple of minutes to talk to God. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your love. Thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for giving up your power and your throne and the riches of heaven that you came to earth so that you could rescue us out of the poverty, spiritually speaking, that we were stuck in. We could not fix it ourselves That you gave everything away so that we might gain everything in you. You gave up heaven so that we might get heaven. You were willing to pay the ultimate price for forgiveness so that we might receive the ultimate gift of forgiveness. Your grace. And right now, all across this room, you know who you are. God's nudging at your heart with his spirit right now. It's time to say, yes, God, I need your help. I need your grace. I'm asking you to guide me through this situation that I'm facing right now. Would you just invite him into the middle of it right now? I know it's scary. It might feel threatening. But you can trust your heavenly father. You can trust God. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to take away your freedom. He's not going to take away your personality. He's not going to take away anything good that he meant for you to have. He offers you his undeserved favor, his undeserved forgiveness, blessing. Would you receive it right now? You just say, Jesus, right now, I invite you into my life to help me with this situation that I'm facing right here, right now. I'm tired of trying to be my own savior. I'm a, I'm a terrible savior. I can't save myself. Would you pray that right now? If you're here tonight and you have never asked Christ to be the forgiver of your sin and the Lord of your life, I want to invite you right now in this moment of prayer, would you just pray right where you sit? And you say, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life right now to forgive my sin. I'm trusting that when you died on the cross and you resurrected from the dead, that was for me too. That was to pay the penalty that my sin has kept me from you. And it is, a, penalty, it is a, a price that only you could pay to get me free. It is a gift of grace and I receive it right now. Would you just receive his forgiveness and ask him to be the Lord of your life right here, right now. Simply just say, Jesus, forgive my sin and be the Lord of my life. If you just prayed that for the first time, really meaning it, just saying yes, giving it all over to Jesus right here, Christmas Eve, 2022. This is a a spiritual bookend of my life right here, right now. But if you just prayed that, would you just lift your hand? I'd love to pray for you. Anybody here? It's saying, yes, I'm making that commitment right here. The balcony and the floor, anybody here making a commitment to say, yes, I'm giving it all over to you, Jesus. God bless you. Right back here, I see that hand. Praise God for your salvation. We're told that the angels of heaven explode into applause and cheering and and celebration over even just one person who turns back to God. Thank you. Thank you, God there's a party in heaven tonight, this Christmas Eve. Thank you for the life change that you're bringing about in this place. We praise you for it. I pray that you would lead us forward, and we pray it all in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Once again, thanks for listening.